So I just got back from seeing, um, I think, my least favorite movie of the year. That's crazy. Um, no, no, that's insane. My just... se- Sorry, my third least favorite movie of the year. Um, <laughs> I mean, you see so few movies, I guess, fine, whatever. <laughs> no, I saw a lot of movies this year. I, I'm How many movies? 12 movies? I'm impressed with that. That's a lot. That's like... That's a lot. Compared to what? No. One, two, three, four, five. I I didn't actually check what my numbers are. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 23 movies. 24, including this movie that I am. I'm not going to name this movie. um, Oh, we're not? At the moment. Uh, but let me just tell you, it's the hottest new thing that came out this t- today. Are you trying to not promote it or something? And, um, and it's so terrible. Just annoy people. We have to tell them. It's, it's awful. It's Star Wars. We um, have to tell them. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I send this to anyone and, and immediately start out with people not naming the movie, <laughs> they're going to just say, what kind of cut rate production is this? Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah, I just saw Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Um and it's really bad, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I disagree. So let's uh, let's move I, on from that. Oh, uh, um, oh so it's one sided. This is a. <laughs> I really liked it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so if you hadn't noticed, uh, this does not have a certain one, Isaac Ransom. Uh, oh, do you have to do the here. welcome back to the? He's not here, so we <laughs> do, we get to do whatever we want. Oh God. <laughs> Um, so, uh, welcome back to ECFS. <laughs> this is, uh, episode 74. Can you imagine? Wow. 74 episodes. Good job. Think about that. Um, we're older than Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> um, and, uh, my name is, is Cameron Tuttle. Who am I? And you're Juzo Greenwood. <laughs> Thank you for having and me again. And in the room we have Kazu. He's not on mic, but uh, he's he's given us moral support, especially yeah. me because. And he drove me here. I appreciate it very much. I needed the moral support after um, wanting to drink <laughs> myself into a stupor after seeing this movie. Cameron, the movie was delightful. I I look look everyone. I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm an idiot here. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous films I've ever seen. Ridiculous good films I've ever seen, but I have to say I enjoyed it very much. Um, yeah, it was very entertaining. I thought it was I terrible. watched it. It compelled my my senses of of uh, thrill and emotion, and uh, and then it ended. It was nice. Yeah, I thought it was just about one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, it's the second worst Star Wars movie. That's crazy. Behind, that's, you're out of your mind. Behind the Phantom Menace. You're out of your mind if you think that. That's ins- No, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I can see hating this movie. I, I agree with almost every piece of criticism you've laid out, Cameron. <laughs> but but to say it's worse than The Phantom Menace, I mean, I mean just just the actors alone that put it above The Phantom Menace. I think. Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess as much as The Phantom Menace ways, actors are good, but... In some ways, um, technically, it might be a better movie. Although it's, I mean, it's still a worse structured movie than The Phantom Menace. I think it is. Eh, well, I don't know. In any case, in any case, really this is not the this is not the topic of discussion. We'll save Thank that goodness. for a later time. Yeah, or um, maybe never, because who wants to talk about Star Wars? I know, right? I'm so done. It's I'm so done with Star Wars. Um, but this this podcast is very special. We've been thinking about it for a while. Um, in fact, we've been thinking about it for a whole decade, actually. Um, and, okay, here's another thing that I wanted to mention. What's really interesting 
about about this decade for us to us two individuals mm-hmm. is that we've known each other for half of it. That's we've known that's each true. other that's for true. five years of the decade. That's we've true. been talking about movies for five years now. Yeah, and and oh, that's re- that's really special, you know. Yeah, it is. And and the it feels like my life has been dark. Up until up until 2015, Aww. when I got to 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 live with Juzo and talk about movies. Yeah, well, that's Juzo. very sweet. No, I mean the first time I've told people this, but the first time we met, we sat down. I asked him if he'd seen Mad Max Fury Road. He said he had, <laughs> and he loved it. And then we talked for like what three or four hours. Yeah, I think this is so. the very first conversation I ever had, and we just talked about movies for that long. Yeah, I mean it's it's the quickest. I say, you know, it, it's quicker than even my own parents. You know, I was I, I came out of the womb. I said, God, who are these people? But Cameron knew it was an immediate connection. Yes, immediate. And then we learned to hate each other, and then we grew to love each other again. You know, <laughs> I don't have much to hate about you, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, me neither. God, who wants to listen to this? Just two guys fawning <laughs> over each other. But yeah, I know. Um. So here's here's a okay. So here's what I've been thinking about with the best movies of the decade. I think first we ought to um, talk about the the decade as a whole mm-hmm. um, because I think there were a lot of interesting developments that happened. Yes. And then we'll get into to sort of the individual movies. And I don't really have an exact top five or ten list. May, I mean, I, I probably have a top five that I can rattle off. Um, but I, I, I have a hard time putting a lot of these movies into like into a, a strict list, you know. Um, because there, there was hard there to was, rank masterpieces. There was a ton of spectacular movies um, this year. So, yeah. um, but uh, I, I want to talk a, l- a little bit about the decade as a whole because I think, um, I think, like I said, there, there were some really interesting um, things that that went on, um, and and changes to the film industry that happened specifically this decade. Um, and I think the first thing that is notable. Um, is the the full adoption of um, digital streaming services as a platform, um, and we spent a whole we spent a whole uh, hour long uh, episode on that. So I don't want to get too deep into it, um, but but I think that was the most significant thing that we're still really dealing with, um, you know, in 2019. I think I think the adoption of of services like Netflix, the adoption of um, you know, of, of streaming services generally have really shaped the landscape of films. Um, and I am personally excited to see where, where that goes. And a little bit trepidatious, actually, to be honest. It seems at this point, it's, I, I find it to be almost a net positive. Because, the, the, I mean, for me, the one thing that I disliked most about streaming services initially was that you'd have these great movies like Okja, um, that would never show in theaters. They'd just mm. go straight to yeah. Netflix. And I, of course, uh, am a firm believer in going to the movies and seeing them with a the crowd. I think that's part of what's special about movies. Um, but now the model Netflix is doing, whether if it's just to promote the movies for Oscar consideration, um, is, to me, great. They, they show it for three weeks, and they go straight to Netflix. And I like that, too, also, because that means you can go revisit the movie very quickly after you've seen it, rather than wait you know, months for the Blu-ray. Right. And kind of, uh, like, I've been watching scenes from The Irishman for the last month. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they've given a lot of, I mean, many, many auteur filmmakers the opportunities that they wouldn't have in the studio system or the, the traditional filmmaking system to do you know some of their best work. I mean, one of Scorsese's best late era movies. Uh, people like Bong Joon Ho or Tamara Jenkins. Noah Baumbach's been doing a lot of good mm-hmm. movies there. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, to me, I, I think it's mostly a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, the worry is uh, the worry for a lot of people is that um, it's gonna it's gonna sort of kill smaller theaters. Um, and I, I guess no, I yeah, I worry about that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a concern. It, it's a concern that that Scorsese raised. Um, you know, even though his film is is on Netflix. Um, and, and yeah, I, I see, I see that point, but, um, I was most worried. I think I, I was, I was mainly worried early on, um, that it was going to kill movies like almost entirely that we wouldn't have movies like the, the, the sort of 90 minute to three hour movie, mm-hmm. um, would just go away and we would, we would be left with either like mini series or like TV shows and right. things, things like that. Um, and you've seen an expansion in that era uh, or in that in that area of filmmaking. Um, I I think of something like Chernobyl, um, which is five episodes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's basically it basically is like a five hour movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's really well done. It's it's very well structured, um, but it yeah we could we could get into, yeah another whole another topic about the amount of great television that's been produced and yeah, streaming yeah. like like House of Cards and Mindhunter right. and all that stuff as well yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean that's 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 definitely something to take into consideration. Another thing uh, that I think will really be looked back upon uh, in, in the 2010s is um, the prevalence of of superhero movies. Um, I didn't actually uh, look up how many came out in the 2010s, but probably there's I mean a, it's got to be seven or eight each year. So yeah. just multiply that. I mean the early years there were fewer. Yeah, so but just in the last what, like over 50. Uh, Marvel uh, over fifty superhero movies. Yeah, I mean um, Marvel was cranking out like one movie every other year in the beginning of the decade, and now right. it's three up to three movies a year. Yeah, uh, for the last I think three or four years, um, and and they're not the only ones. And and yeah, really the prevalence of of superhero movies and also just franchise movies in general has created I think one of the biggest divides in history between the mainstream and the more uh, auteur driven independent cinema. And um, it's almost like there's 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 more of a closeness between the independent cinema and television at this point than independent movies and and the mainstream movies. When you see a trailer trailers at like the AMC, it's just the most garbage <laughs> you've ever seen. I mean, it, it was just such crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and you think about something like um, the Fast and Furious, you know, franchise. Yeah. Um, and that's not even the worst. One, and it's got know? it's got like branches. It branches off into like what is it now? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. They, you know, and, and there was how many how many um, Fast and Furious movies came out this decade? What? Oh, uh, six or so. I mean, there's yeah, like ten four, in total, four, right? Four, I don't know. I think it might might have been like four or five of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Plus Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it says here. Um, um, I'm just looking at a list on Wikipedia. It's got 110 entries um, in the superhero genre. Oh, really? Uh, so that I mean, that includes uh, like the comic book, the actual comic book movies, the mm-hmm. like animated ones, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, some you know some things I've I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are these are you know what Wikipedia lists as as you know the the superhero movies of the decade. Um, and 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 also to be clear about these large movies, to to me I try to approach all. I see a, I think a pretty wide range of genres of movies and between mainstream and independent stuff. And like any genre, there's a big variance in quality. I mean, some of the best movies I've seen this decade have been large scale, you know, blockbuster movies. 
But to me, the worry comes more from what Scorsese was talking about, which is the fact that they take up so much space in the theatrical run. And also they take so much space in the way they're watched by people. There's so many people who sort of the only movies on their radar are the ones that play in these big theaters. And and other than maybe when the Oscars come around and maybe throw you like nine movies your way, you're a lot of things sort of slip by that that are not are not um inaccessible they're not they're not so like art house that they're inaccessible they just don't get the attention they deserve because right. so much of the discourse online and in every sort of sphere has to do with i mean avengers endgame i mean that's a really very good movie but it you know it doesn't warrant more discussion than some of the other great movies this year but it it did get that much discussion well and um, and part of that and the new star wars as well part of that and then maybe the segues into our um broader discussion Maybe not just yet, but part of it has to do with the fact that Avengers Endgame is the highest grossest, grossing movie ever. Um, I think it grossed something like $2.4 billion or something like that. No, more than that. Like 2.3. No, 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 2. like 2.9 or maybe 3. Some, some, yeah, something like that. Because Avatar is 2.7, I know. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it's... It made an insane amount of money, mm. um, and and part of the reason why why it was talked about so much was that it it was seen so much, mm. and I, I do actually think it deserves a at least a mention in the conversation of of you know what are the most at least what are the most significant films of the decade culturally significant. Um, it, it is it is I mean it might be the most significant film of the decade. Ah um, uh, well, I don't know. In the fact that that literally everybody saw it, and it was the the end of uh you know this the the sort of premier superhero um you know this phase in in superhero movies i i think i i would there's a distinction to be made though between the most talked about in terms of like discussed contem- in a contemporaneous fashion versus the things that are will be discussed 20 30 50 years from now and I, I don't yeah. even really think that any of the Marvel movies are really going to be of much note yeah, maybe. now because they're not of much um, there's well, not much art, artistry in most of them. I, I don't know. Wow. I, I, no, I'm You're not going to get a lot of c- haters in the comments. No, I no, I just mean, uh, I mean, to me, they're they're great entertainment, but they're but they're not the movies. I mean, Avengers was such a, the first Avengers was a huge movie, the biggest movie that year. But no one is still talking about that. I mean, Avatar, the highest grossing movie of all time. No one talks about Avatar yeah, 10 yeah. years later. Yeah. Um, but no, they I, are talking I, about, you know, Up or, you know, the other great films of that year. I think that's true. Um, however, I will I will say, and, and I think we might see this pattern, um, the Western had, had a phase just like just like the superhero movie. Mm. Um, and I think it, it might be following in the in sort of a similar path. Um where you know you had the sort of um, your classic you know uh, post-war westerns, um, the sort of heroic and very simplistic, um, you know your John Wayne movies basically, right. um, and then and then it moved into an era about twenty years later where where it started to become a little bit more complex, started to become a little bit deeper and and. Um, yeah, and it stopped having the the cultural significance that it that it once did, but it 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 gained back some of that artistic relevance mm. um, that w- w- you know 
was there in in snippets but not in full um mm-hmm. as uh, you know in the in the earlier stages of the western so i mean that, that's that's what i'm most um sort of excited to see i i think you're starting to see re- with something like logan is really my first would be my first entry uh, i mean maybe the, the dark knight in doesn't the re- count revisionist superhero genre yeah joker I, too i would say and joker yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean the the dark knight doesn't doesn't really count because it it sort of preceded uh um, it, it preceded the big marvel thing definitely yeah, yeah. it did and and it All of them. it was it was so outside and maybe even you know 10 15 20 years ahead of its time um, and oddly, no one seemed to try to recreate it. Not a lot of superhero movies tried to recreate it. I guess Snyder, I, mean, I guess those I were attempts to recreate the, the dark superhero. But but no one has uh, successfully, uh, you know, done a dark a movie like that. That I mean, right. Joker is a dark movie, but it's a different thing where they, they kind of take all the genre conventions. But Dark Knight is a unique thing where they, they have all, it's, it is an action movie and it's a crowd pleaser like any of these other movies. Yeah. But it does have more serious themes in it. It kind of does everything at once in a impressive way right i mean yeah because nolan is <laughs> an impressive great, filmmaker yeah. you know um yeah so so i i mean i think that's that's about all i have to say about um about superhero movies i no, there are i'll i'll just spoilers right now there are zero superhero movies oh except for logan um on my on you know j- the the broad top list of of 20 you know, yeah, superhero movies to me are like, I, I I like most of them. Like I enjoy most of them, and I think most of them are good. But in terms of ones that have crossed into like my, some of my favorite movies ever, I would say there's maybe Nolan's trilogy and The Incredibles, and that's really about yeah. it. Um, but I'd say that about a lot of genres. I'd probably say that about westerns too. There's probably only a couple. I mean. Yeah. Uh, to me, to me, I mean, that's more of just a personal thing for me. I, I'm more interested in movies that are about character and about um, personal interactions and that sort of thing than genre, I guess. Mm. Well, um, do you want to get into into the movies? Oh, into our favorite movies? Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, Go for it. Yeah, I think um, one way I wanted to do this was was actually break it down. I mean, uh, do you do you have a top five list? A top five movies of the. Oh, I have a top. I have a ten, twenty, anything. But but yeah, we can do. Let's uh, do a top five, and then we'll talk about top ten. Because I don't have a top. (laughs) Oh, you don't have a top ten. Oh, okay, fine. Um, and then we'll talk about the the you know the movies breaking them down by by the year, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, so you go so for your my, top five, and and I'll I'll leave out the the television series I'd put in my top five if I which would yeah, be Breaking yeah. Bad and Horace and Pete. Um, let's see. From from five to one, it would be Her, Nebraska, Inception, The Tree of Life, and Before Midnight. Mm-hmm. And okay. You. Yeah, mine would be um, from one to five. Oh. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Whiplash, um, mm-hmm. her, the death of Stalin, and you see, this is my hard spot. I I actually I, I actually knew all four am, of those would be on here. I actually am a little bit um fuzzy on what on what five would be. Um, I don't know. I don't. I to be honest, I have no idea. You just have like a long list from each year. I yeah, guess, right? yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, it could be it could be something like. Um, I don't know. 
I'll say Paddington. Let's say Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That's, that's a good one. I think we all agree, though. I mean, all, each, yeah. uh, each of us has... Well, you haven't seen Before Midnight, though. But no. but other than that, we all love each other's movies. I mean, I, yeah. Death of Stalin is a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. As is Fury Road and Whiplash. I think there are zero um, um, movies that we disagree are good on this list. We rarely disagree. So honestly, Rise of Skywalker might be one of our <laughs> first ever movies that we've really disagreed on it being good or bad. Yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. we may disagree about the level of something. Like Cameron might say, think something's great and I might think it's good, but rarely do we go thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> um, I mean, gee, I can't, I'm not even sure if I can think of a single other time. This is maybe a, a moment in history. Yeah, it might, I mean, it might be. But um, it's a polarizing movie, I guess. But what's interesting about our list is, is it is a pretty, um, it's it's pretty varied in terms of. Uh, I mean, I've got like an action movie, an mm. experimental movie, romance. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's more mine's more oriented towards character, but but not really Inception or Tree of Life. Yeah. Um, I guess what unifies all of them is they're all movies made by people with a specific vision. I think sure. all of these people wrote their own movie oh no not nebraska but but mm. there, it, that movie feels like it's an alexander payne vision right, right right um and i think you could say the same for yours yeah i think your movies have um certainly have a focus on on character first i i have i feel like i have a um a bit of a like a, a shotgun of like like different movies you know right. what i mean um i don't know uh, you know what i'm gonna put five at django unchained Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um because um I feel like Django is is a movie that um is like it's it's like it's like Tarantino almost at his like his like peak of flexing, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Before he sort of had to he, I feel like he had to calm down a little bit, you mm -hmm. know? Um and and Django is just such a fun ride. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just it's spectacular. Great. I mean, if I was going to Tarantino this decade, I'd go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But but they're both great yeah. movies. Um, yeah. So I now what I want to do is I want to give a couple of the movies uh, going from 2010, and we'll we'll take a we'll take a step back in in memory lane. Um, yeah. Because 2010 is it. It was a really seminal for me. I feel like it was a really different time as well. In movies, sure. you know, it it was, um, everything was in 3D. Yeah, yeah, that was like around that time where 3D TVs were were getting big. Yeah, like that Netflix, really died. Netflix, uh, they would send you DVDs. You oh really? This? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think meant they sent you 3D DVDs. I was like, what? No, uh, no, I don't. I yeah, think I, they they introduced Blu-ray a couple years after. No, no, no. I do remember the Netflix uh, DVD thing. In fact, the first I ever oh, heard I of Netflix it. was was my my best friend in elementary school. His family, was like, we got this thing called Netflix. They send us DVDs. I'm like, wow, that's neat. it was fantastic. And then, I think and then, and Blockbuster. They I was probably stuff. still going to Blockbuster at this time. Yeah, yeah. Um. I was going I, to five star, yeah. and I was going to five star yeah. until last year. Yeah, rest I mean. in peace. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, doesn't it feel? It feels kind of quaint, doesn't it? It does. I mean, and 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 to me, I I don't know about you, what kind of movies you were seeing in the previous years to 2010, but for me, that that d d year is a very specific turning point for me because up till then. I was very, uh, what would be the word, cowardly, perhaps, <laughs> in the movies I would see. I, if, if you look at what movies I saw in theaters um, as uh, up till 2009, it was almost all animated films and maybe a few other kids, you know, mm, Charlotte's yeah. Web or 
I mean, Avatar is almost a kid's film, honestly. Um, like that, and that's about it. And then it was 2010, it was Inception. Inception was was that key movie yeah. where I, I saw that. And after that, I became interested in seeing more um, adult-oriented movies. And that was the year I saw um, True Grit, the first movie where I saw a guy got shot in the head. <laughs> the Fighter, where I saw the first nudity. Um, and, and fighter and The King's Speech, which I think was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. That or The Fighter, I'm not sure. What's... Um, what? The King's Speech the being King's R-rated is, R? Yeah, it's, 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 I didn't even remember. Yeah. Wait, what, what happened? Oh, because he's he got the, the swearing word. speech. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and The Social Network, of course. That was right. It. Um, social Network was PG-13, though. PG-13. I didn't uh, see it in the theater. But but the point was, I was interested in branching out, and, I, and it was right. almost like I, I, I looked over the things I was seeing in theaters that the, over the whole decade, and... Um, it seems almost like it w- I made an overcorrection because then I didn't see, I saw almost no animated films and no children's mm, films. Like I yes, almost yes. was self-conscious about like, right. I'm 14 years old. I'm going to go see all the grown up films. I'm going to see my foreign language films or whatever. And then it was, it's, it's more recently that I've started to see like this year I saw like, you know, the how to train your dragon. And I, I've sort of fallen back in love with a lot of these kids movies. Right. Um, you know, cause you know, they, they like superhero movies. There are some really great ones. Um, I, that, I feel like that's kind of how it goes is you start to, to, to sort of, like turn your nose up when you're in that like teenage age mm-hmm. you kind of start to and this the thing is um this was also the decade for us that that not only did we graduate high school but we gra- I mean I graduated college and so oh. like this was <laughs> 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 oh my God. Um, this this was kind of this was a uh w- we kind of like grew into our own, like we were teenagers yeah. in 2010 and then we, we were middle of, school in we, 2010 exactly yeah. yeah we 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 sort of grew up um yeah you know with this era of I, movies i reviewed inception in my middle school newspaper wow and, and, I, and what did you give it oh the highest rating of course what was Great. what was the highest rating how did you rate this is star system oh, four, stars. four stars um yeah yeah <laughs> that was great <laughs> um but yeah, so that year it felt like it sort of turned. And then the next year, I was like, I was, I was like, Dad, I want to go see the Tree of Life. He's like, Do you really want to see that? Because the trailer looks so interesting. Right, right. I went and saw it, and I was like, What the hell? Is it? Like, I did not, I was not really impressed by it, or I, I, I didn't get it. And I only right. saw it like f- six years later or so, and it became one of my favorite movies ever. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that early part of the decade was an interesting sort of shift in my view of movies in terms yeah. of the world of movies. I don't know. I wasn't following the film industry in the same way. I was seeing much fewer movies in theaters. I definitely wasn't following behind the scenes. Mm, mm. Um, Yeah. So to me, I feel like 20, it wasn't until 2012 that I really started to follow things, like Mm -hmm. follow, follow things Mm -hmm. um, and see more things in theaters. Because I mean, up up until that point, I would just go to the theaters with with like my parents, basically. You Mm -hmm. know, it was just, just, we would see whatever. Oh yeah, that's another important moment in your kid's life when you you see a first movie by yourself, which I think was yeah. probably twenty, sometime twenty twelve, probably. Yeah. yeah. So time. so I mean that that was about, I mean I I started to to really branch off after that, and and once you get into high school, there's there's a sort of a certain independence, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start to see more. You start to yeah. I'd skip class, go to, go to the movie theater. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. You're just like you yeah. were. You were just like. <laughs> yeah. I go see. I went. I skipped class to see her. I skipped class to see American oh Hustle. Gosh. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was a great year. Yeah. So so 
Let's let's jump uh, into 2011. Oh, what you you didn't oh, do your I movies didn't of 2010? I didn't even do the movies. Um, yeah, so my favorite movies from 2010 were um, uh, The Social Network, True Grit, Inception, and Toy Story Three. Okay. Um, okay. I think I n- sort of named mine. I, I guess Blue Valentine is up there. I saw that much later, but yeah. that's an amazing movie. Definitely the two masterpieces, and the ones that I think are held up are going to be remembered of that year as the thing that happened that year is Social Network and Inception. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, those are the classics. Um, but also, I mean, True Grit is an amazing movie. You know, I, I really love Shutter Island and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good movies that year. And also, it happened to be an odd year where the Academy nominated actually like seven great movies, which <laughs> in recent years seems much more rare. I mean, right. Last year was like one movie. But that that year, I mean, they gave it to the wrong one, but they, they all the movies they nominated were really great, or at least the ones I've I, seen. I do like The King's Speech a lot. I mean, I saw yeah, it much later. Yeah, it's a solid movie. It's, it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fighter, Black Swan, all those are good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so let's jump into 2011. Again, mm-hmm. this is... Sort of early on in my, I remember seeing Rango in theaters. Did you see Rango in yeah. theaters? Yeah, yeah, that was Rango's that was fun. Good. Um, yeah. Probably his best movie, right? Verbinski. I haven't. I, to be honest, I haven't seen any other. He's well, Verbinski no, he pirates movies. I mean, oh yeah, oh, maybe okay. Black, okay, Pearl. Yeah, sure. Black Pearl or Rango. Yeah, I do love. I do love Black Pearl is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, there was a video about how how uh, Black Pearl is. Um, accidentally good like it's it's an accidental masterpiece um it's an interesting video i don't, I don't know about that i just <laughs> think it's a well-made good movie i mean just a fun movie yeah so um my favorites from this year were um drive tree of life and we need to talk about kevin all of these movies um you saw those later i saw probably, mu- right? yeah much later tree of life i i saw in high school but um mm-hmm. um yeah drive and we need to talk about kevin i saw i saw a few years Definitely later than than they came out, mm-hmm. um, and we needed to talk about Kevin. Uh, kind of blew my mind when I saw it. It was on Netflix. I mean, I just I just sat down and watched it. It it was the beginning of your your love affair with Lynn Ramsey's yes. films. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I and think it's first for me. To, Lynn Ramsey's amazing. Oh, if you haven't seen any of her movies, check them out. Yeah, I I would recommend. We need to talk about Kevin. Um, That'd be the best one. Yeah, I mean, of the ones I've seen at least. Um. Yeah, but you were never really here is 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 great as well. But yeah, um, more accessible. We need to talk about Kevin as the more accessible one. I yes, definitely. Um, um, but I mean that that year, I I again I didn't really see that many movies in theaters. I saw you know both of the Harry Potter movies came out in those two years. As yeah. Well. Oh, that was something I was going to talk about too. In terms of franchises, is the YA franchises is something that yes, has kind of that has died. been phased out. Thank um, goodness. Perhaps <laughs> thankfully because because it was it was like Harry Potter and then Twilight. Once those disappeared, it sort yeah, of fizzled out. The Maze Runner the, things didn't yeah. really do much, and Maze Runner, I forget what else. Divergent that really hit the dust. And, um, um, the, the Hunger Games movies. Hunger Games did they, pretty well. They. Um, I mean, there was four of them. Yeah, uh, but but people don't really seem to care about that those no. sort of things anymore. The Hobbit, I don't know. That died. Yeah, people just seem embarrassed about it now. <laughs> I guess. Though I do like the the, the Harry Potter, or Deathly Hallows too. I I rewatched that recently. That's a pretty darn good movie. I I actually kind of liked the first one better, uh, um, which I know is is an unpopular opinion. People say the first one's boring. I kind of like it. I I I, I like find them both. The, they're good. I think I, I there's not a single bad Harry Potter movie. I guess. Yes, say. there is. Yes, there is. It, it's called The Goblet of Fire, and it's terrible. Uh, I dis- I it's a bad movie. Cause <laughs> he's acting like he he agrees. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was worse than I remember, but but I 
I still think it's a good movie. There's some really great stuff in that. I really like. Well, we could, we could go to friggin' tangent about <laughs> Harry Potter, me defending the Yule Ball and the. I mean, I think the Voldemort sequence and Goblet of Fire is one of the best scenes. In I the mean, series, it's but. it's it's better than. It's actually better the than movie. the. It's better than the Voldemort scene in the Deathly Hallows too, which I like. Um, but but the 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 final confrontation of Deathly Hallows is is where it it goes from like a great movie to a very good movie because. It's like he wrote this whole great. <laughs> he wrote like an amazing climactic battle yeah, sequence, yeah. and then they just float around. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. Why? I don't. I yeah, really I, am baffled why they did that. Because normally the thing is to do spectacle, do something crazy. Right. Um, you know, have a whole scene where the burrow catches fire, like they invented in Half Blood Prince. But in this case, they they did something much more boring, which is not the movie thing to do. And I, I, it still to this day baffles me. <laughs> That that was the did, one thing that, that he did that. That was the one thing that bothered me about that movie was it felt like you know like the book it feels like a conclusion. It's like it's very like you know everybody's fighting each other and a lot of people die and you mm-hmm. kind of she she gives people, you know, time to to have their moment, you know. She gives everybody kind of a a time to have their moment. And in the movie, I mean I know, I know there's there's constraints obviously, but in the movie it's just like it's like, oh, we're gonna pan over here, and here's a bunch of dead people that you liked, and then, yeah, oh, we're gonna pan over another here. Another movie should have been three hours long. Yeah, definitely. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even though there were two of them, I mean, it's crazy. It's I don't even know. No, but the, you could make a three-hour movie out of that, that whole Hogwarts just the battle, battle thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been Return of the King Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, but anyway, that, that would not be high on my list of 2011 movies. But no, no. But it is that does the experience of going to see that at at midnight with yeah. my friends. That was you know that's a one of the great movie going experiences I put, you know, like Endgame actually. Endgame maybe mm. could be the best after Force Awakens in terms of um, just the experience of seeing the theater. I mean, yeah. Endgame it, it was. I'm not sure about the way you saw it, but for us it was I like saw it, in it was like a it was like a church service or something. People were so enraptured oh, and cheering, and they were going. Cra- I mean, li- literally, it felt like people were were like testifying or something. like it, it was. It was so crazy. The the uh, the cheering and clapping and screaming in that movie. It was really amazing. Yeah, I don't... It's, it's actually, not appealing to some people. To but. be honest, I don't remember um, how my, how the crowd reacted. I think they were, like, hyped for it, you know? Mm. They were, like, in it, but but I don't, I don't remember it being... I think I saw it a couple of weeks after it came out, so... Yeah. It wasn't, like, a huge... That's thing. a whole other category I could put in, because, I mean, mo- in terms of movie-going experience, I'd put Incredibles too. you know? That, that one was a great uh, experience of seeing the movie, and then I saw it mm. again, and I was like, ah, whatever, it's pretty good, but... Um, <laughs> whereas I've seen a lot of great movies where I just saw it in a lonely tiny theater by myself and mm, no mm. one else was there. Um, and I'm looking around going like, wow, no one has seen this masterpiece. Mm, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, anyway, my 2011 movies would tree of life, which I appreciated later. Interestingly, also Hugo, I think is another masterpiece mm. from that year. And, um, <laughs> I think it's one of Scorsese's like top three movies. I I really love Hugo. See, I, I haven't seen Hugo. Oh, I haven't. still haven't seen. Hugo. Oh darn, man! You got th- that movie. I, to me is like you should. If I ever had a kid, I'd show the kid that movie to mm. teach him about the history of cinema mm. because there's so much love of of film history in that movie, and yeah. it's also just beautifully made. Um, but that was another one where I saw it the first time and thought, oh, it's pretty good, and then I saw it six years later and thought it was a masterpiece. Um, so sometimes you have to go back and revisit. I mean, some movies from 2010 I, I, I could warrant revisiting as well. Um, yeah, what are the other ones? Me too. Me yeah. too. Herzog's documentary about the death penalty, Into, oh, the, Abyss. Into the Abyss. Great yeah. movie. Errol Morris's documentary, Tabloid, also from that year. 
Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. There are a lot of great movies that year. Mm-hmm. The Artist. That Artist was the an artist interesting is... thing where it kind of like it was like popular. It won Best Picture, and people were like, "Oh, is this going to start a new thing of people making silent movies?" And then one other guy made a silent movie, and, and, and they just died. And that's kind of sad because I I wish that people would. You know how it's, like people make a black and white movie every once in a while. You yeah, would think yeah. like, why not just make a silent movie every once in a while? It is funny because um, uh, the artist suffers from the same exact thing that um, a lot of Best Picture winners do. Where oh, yeah, it yeah. like it like, uh, I mean, this is the same with the King Speech. Where yeah. it's like Green because Book, it yeah Green Book because it gets Best Picture, it like immediately in the public's eye it goes down the like, legacy of the yeah movie. it goes down yeah. like two two yeah. uh you know two notches because people are like oh this one best picture yeah. like why yeah even you moonlight know? even moonlight it seems like it didn't destroy the legacy because in film twitter moonlight is held up as like the second coming <laughs> of jesus but moonlight i've heard a lot of people who are just like people who don't follow film who just go, go to movies yeah who feel that way about moonlight they're like yeah it's pretty good but it, it, really best picture and so when when if they I had mean, just I seen feel, it i feel yeah, like that because it's like his favorite movie but I, I mean it it's one of the best pictures of one of the best best pictures of this decade yeah and it's obviously a great movie but what i mean is is all i think i don't know if there's a single one that's not untouched by the fact that they won mm, best picture. Yeah. even birdman is kind of like people have forgotten and that's one of the Best ones and, and and even Twelve Years a Slave people don't really talk about much either, which, which is, is a masterpiece. Which is sad because I, I think Twelve Years a Slave is the best um, the yeah, best I best agree. picture yeah. winner. Um, I mean it's it's an impeccable film. I only saw it once um, because yeah, yeah, why that, would you watch that movie a second yeah, time? Everyone you know? I don't know anyone who would see that movie more than once. I mean but. it's it's so horrifically yeah. I mean it's so bad, but. Um, I, in a in a in an amazing way, Yo, yeah. Um, visceral, I guess. Exactly. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel that way about Moonlight. Uh, even, but I I felt that way before, uh, before one best picture was that w- I was always like, oh, well, I think La La Land's better, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so like I I had that I had that feeling sort of from the get go. But um, sorry sorry Kazu, I know that's that's his his top pick, but you know, um, yeah. So so twenty eleven. This is why I don't know why we're talking about Moonlight, but oh, the artist. That's why. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2011. Basically, all of the movies that I liked from that year, I didn't see in in 2011. Right. 2012. <laughs> those two years, though, those first two years, there weren't really big superhero movies. The only one I can think about is like Iron Man Two, which was not really a big movie. Iron Man Two, uh, Captain America: The uh, First Avenger okay. was 2011. Okay, movie, but. Yeah, it was, superhero movies were not really no, in, into no, the no. bloodstream at that point. The big movie, I guess, I, the young adult movies maybe were the big like Harry Potter. Harry Potter was the biggest. Eight was the biggest movie that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in 2012, I just remember that was the year where you had Avengers and The Dark Knight Rises, yes. and maybe something else I can't remember. Um, but um, uh, that was a, I remember a banner year for mainstream movies, and also I would say a lesser year for smaller movies. Compared to the previous two, like, yeah, I mean, it, I think twenty twelve might have fewer great movies for me than any other year. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I might agree with that. Actually, um, twenty twelve, I think, uh, was the movie that I started to see see movies, uh, not not when they came out necessarily, but at least like in that year. You know what I mean? Uh, and I started to see much more movies, mm. um, and so. Um, so twenty, <laughs> they're doing some some brotherly hand signals over here. Uh, no, I just what, find out the top movie Skyfall is the other big one. Yes, yes, yes. 
Uh, but not a superhero movie. But um, uh, yeah, I remember watching Skyfall in theaters and hating it. <laughs> I don't. Just, whatever. God, every movie we talk about, we can just go on a tangent about. But but Skyfall is an excellent movie, and let's close the book on that. That's, Continue what you're saying. Kevin. That's uh, that's another one that we that we. Um, yeah, I guess that's disagree with. Disagree about. Um, yeah, so 2012 was really the first year that I started to be more, much more like involved in, in I guess like the movie scene. Um, and I saw Silver Linings Playbook that year. Um, I also saw Moonrise Kingdom that year. Um, I didn't see Django Unchained that year actually. Um, in yeah, theater, I was a little, a little too young. Uh, too I was there. definitely too young yeah. for that. Um, yeah. So so 2012, uh, those three were my f- my my favorites. Django. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom and Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I remember this is also the year I think I, I first started actually following the Oscars more and like mm. actually having like the other two years. I even, oddly, even though I loved Inception, I don't remember feeling like really strong. Probably because I hadn't seen a lot of the movie. I saw a lot of the movies after the Oscars. Yeah, I think yeah. um, so. I didn't have a strong opinion about it. But 2012 was the first where I saw almost all the Oscar movies, and I remember being like, I really was going for Lincoln. I really wanted Lincoln to win. <laughs> And then Argo one, which made me like fall asleep in the theater, and I was really annoyed about that. Uh, and then, of course, after the Oscars, I saw Life of Pi, which became mm-hmm. like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Um, and uh, that would probably be one of the my that'd be the big movie that year. Or or um, there's a movie called Samsara, which is a documentary, pure uh, just images. There's no characters, non-narrative documentary. You're you uh, on this list. You also have Cloud Atlas. <laughs> Oh yeah, Cloud Atlas. I, that's I saw only a couple years ago. It's, you gave it five stars. Cloud Atlas. No, I think Cloud Atlas is like Wachowski's best movie. You know, oh I think it's gosh. no, it's an amazing movie. I haven't seen it. So it's I it's don't know. to me, it's like one of the most audacious movies. It, I mean, it's it's one of the biggest attempts anyone's ever made at a movie that actually succeeds. Like you see a lot of people who go for like we're gonna make the most profound movie, and it yeah, just is yeah. embarrassment. But this one actually to me, succeeded. Mm. They basically tell six stories, six different genres, um, people playing six characters across the expanse of, of time. Um, no, and, and they the way they cut it together, it, it's incredible. The, the editing of it between these different time periods is, is brilliant. All right. Well, I don't I, know why you're so... You've never seen it. No I don't know. To, yeah. To condescend and, me. And people hate it. I don't know. It's like... Well, whatever. People, it was pan. I'm in good company. Roger Ebert liked it. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I also loved Looper, Ryan Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. movie. It's it's fantastic. And oh yeah, and I would put Moonrise and Django on that list as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you you really liked The Dark Knight Rises. I'm I'm uh, not lukewarm on it. It's good. It's a good movie, but it's not like it's definitely. I think it's. I don't think it's as good as Batman Begins. Um, no, probably not. So you know, I mean, it's it's still it's still great. I mean, it's still Nolan to me is movie, is uh, it's probably the weakest movie Nolan's made this decade. But to me, that says a lot about how great how good yeah, he's Nolan been this decade. I mean, he's maybe been better than anyone this decade. Yeah, H- him to me, the people who have done the best work this decade are like him, Linklater, Scorsese. Actually, mm. he's made like four great movies this decade. You would say five. Yeah, and um and actually, and if we're throwing in TV, I'd put Louis C.K. actually above anyone, but. But well, that's a whole uh, other story. If we're well, also if we're throwing in TV, um, you got to put Fincher in there because oh, Finch, he, yeah, he's Fincher, me. yeah, Social Network, and and uh, Gilligan, Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah. Better Call Saul, you put it. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, we're but, not well, going to talk but, about TV, I guess. But Fincher, he, I mean, he's got. Uh, let's see, what is what does he have? Um, the Social Network, Gone Girl, um, Dragon Tattoo, Dragon Tattoo, which I haven't seen, yeah, and then two 
amazing Netflix shows, or at least when he was in the helm. He seems to be the showrunner of the whole series. So yeah, uh, well, uh, so my Mine Hunter as well as um, as House of Cards. House uh, of he Cards. Was, he was the yeah, original was Willemon, sort of, but he he kicked it off. Yeah, um, that, that's less his. He's I wouldn't say he's the auteur of House of Cards, but um, well, in the first season, you could definitely see his his influence for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'm excited for him to go back to movies. To be honest, oh, definitely. I, I and his new movie looks really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's about the guy who wrote Citizen Kane, and yeah. it's written by his dad. That's well. right. Yeah, his, his dad wrote. His dad passed away like 20 years ago. Yeah. His dad wrote the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. So 2013, um, I was I was full in it at this point. Um, I was full into watching movies. Uh, and there were some Can there were some one killer more tw- ones. Hold on, one yeah. more 2012 Go movie. For it. That I just it's, I feel like it's underrated and deserves some love. Is End of Watch, which is mm. my dad will laugh when I say this because he he hates it and he's a police <laughs> officer. But I think it's the best cop movie ever made. It's 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 crazy and it's operatic and it's definitely you wouldn't call it realistic, but I find it to be really amazingly written and emotional. Mm. And um, I find it kind of amazing that guy made that and he made Fury. And then, and he, then made he made Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad and Bright, which is yeah. so baffling to me. But, yeah, but End of Watch Ayer. is a movie that um, you know, was on uh, no one except for Roger Ebert's top ten list that year. And mm. I think it's something that people should see because it's really great. The, 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 the camaraderie of, of Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena in that movie is, is amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely loved Fury. I thought it was a spectacular movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know. He's literally he has a fifty percent success rate if, <laughs> if what you're saying is is correct. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I've, oof, Suicide Squad and Bright like one after another. Like, it's weird. Like, man. Shot it's and weird. Chaser. Like, yeah, it's weird. It, I don't know anyone who's who's yeah gone down in flames that quickly. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so 2013 was a really interesting year. Um, Twelve Years a Slave, as we mentioned, um, which is uh, I mean it it. Um, it's definitely, well, I don't know, because her is is a masterpiece as well. I think her is a, um, is is an absolutely incredible movie. It's a movie that I will watch a, a thousand times more than Twelve Years a Slave. It's hard, hard uh, to compare because, yeah, first of all, one is much more you you desire to watch it again. Um, I would say her is the one that's more out there in terms of doing this thing that's pretty unique and yeah, interesting yeah. and if you don't know what the movie is about it's a guy falling in love with his <laughs> his operating system yeah played by scarlett johansson um but it actually ends up not being a weird quirky comedy about a, a his iphone taking over his life it, it being it ends up being one of the most tender romantic movies about loneliness and falling in love ever made i think yeah i mean i, I think agree. it's spike jones's best movie it's 100%. one of the best movies it's the only one we had both on our list um it, it's it's i mean i know some people find it kind of slow or odd or whatever i mean but, it's definitely odd yeah but um, well but it, it's, yeah, al- it's also it a movie so beautiful it's it's a movie that it, it shares a lot with a cup of tea Hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways it's a good that, laptop movie yeah you just yeah. want to you just want to sit down with it and and just just really like hold it yeah, it's a very rainy and day yes it, of, yes exactly yeah, and yeah. and it's um, it's not a movie that you you really want to watch with with <laughs> like anybody yeah. else. No, it's a very gentle um, movie. In fact, if you watch it with other people, there's a tendency to because it's so 
the emotions are so big and, mm, and yeah. out there, there's a tendency to want to laugh at it yeah. just as kind of like a, as a shielding yourself. Mm, yeah. But when you watch alone and really with, with sincerity, I think it's one of, you know, one of the best films you can ever watch. And a, a, a killer soundtrack. I mean, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, Arch just Fire. insanely good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably my, one of my favorite soundtracks of the de- of the decade. Ooh, we're gonna go another um, hour if we talk about my no, favorite. No, I know, scores. I know. We can't, we can't, we can't. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. Um, yeah. So, so also up there. I didn't see this until uh, two years ago, probably a year ago, two years ago. Nebraska, which oh, is yeah. on your list. Love Nebraska. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. Um, do, I don't know. Do you want to say? Yeah, more Nebraska about was it? one of these movies that it, um, it was it was like it was a great dad movie. It's one of those movies I remember going to see with my dad. Mm. But more than that, sentimental sort of aspect. Um, I I the movie to me, I almost compared to Citizen Kane, not just in quality. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Look, it's not a joke. No, not just Citizen Kane in terms of it's great and it's, and it's in black and white. But um, to me, it's Citizen Kane is about a person investigating who is this person who is this famous person and and uncovering all the details from different sources different family and friends about putting together the pieces of this mysterious person's mm-hmm. life and to me nebraska is like that kind of movie but it's just about wanting to know that about your dad yeah and wanting to know about about your father who's sort of uh, it's, a, it's a guy going on a, it what happens is they, they go on a, a trip across state because his uh, this guy's father who sort of has dementia thinks he's won this prize mm. And um, so he, they go back to his hometown and meet all these people. And, and through all this, that's basically kind of a quirky indie film concept. The son, uh, who's beautifully played by Will Forte, he um, gets to learn a lot about his father and, and where, where his father, who's sort of been closed off from him his whole life, um, and, and try to understand him. Um, and I just find it like such a moving, beautiful film. And, yeah. Most beautiful looking movies too. Oh, the, the, it's gorgeous! The beautiful yeah. American landscapes and black and white and yeah, um, yeah. God, I almost get like choked <laughs> up talking about it. It's, yeah, it's such a wonderful movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I love. Uh, there's there's a couple standouts that I mean this year was just fantastic. I mean so good. Yeah, we didn't even get to my favorite uh, right. the decade, which Be- came out that before, year before midnight. Yeah, yeah. But I you guess, want to throw in a few more. Though. Yeah, I do. Um, Blue Ruin. Oh, sorry. Blue Ruin's 2014. Yeah, technically. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, Locke is is an That's, incredible movie. Yeah, 2014 um, as well. But oh it's my con- goodness, it's confusing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, um, American yeah. Hustle, Wolf of Wall Street. The, I I think The World's End is is actually a very oh yeah. very great one movie. of Edgar Wright's best. Yeah, um, The Wolf of Wall Street, Snowpiercer again. Oh, um, oh my goodness! I know it's it's, it's really annoying. It's the, he's looking at the thing by premiere dates. There's no way to yeah, yeah. you can't yeah you, um, prisoners. Uh, is that's 2013? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Prisoners is a s- fantastic. Movie. Prisoners is the beginning of of Villeneuve's like insane run. Yes, yes. Where yes. he he villain. I mean, if we're gonna talk about the great directors, actually, he's, he he's he would up be up there, there yeah. too because that guy made he made Prisoners, and that was just him getting started because he then he made Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, the doppelganger movie, crazy movie, movie. great, absolutely weird, insane, sort of David Lynch movie, um, and then. Um, uh, Sicario, mm. uh, which you know, is probably like the weakest of them, and even that's but it's an excellent it's movie. So it's so, um, like... and then and then I think the two best, which are Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, which to me is he, he reached the peak of his of his work with with Roger Deakins and right. Bradford Young. I mean, his right. movies look amazing, and they're just like 
Um, I mean, he's an incredible filmmaker, and it's amazing we didn't even know his name before the decade started. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he, then, he was just an obscure. Yeah. Uh, what he was—he wasn't French. He was French Canadian. I think right? so. And he'd made movies foreign language. He'd made a few like Ensemble at the yeah. beginning of the decade, and and a few other things, but yeah. v- not a lot. Um, and then he, from that, he's really branched, and now he's doing Dune, and and mm. as much as Dune has a I don't know uh, about has that. a varied history. No, I'm totally in for that movie yeah, because we'll, we'll see because it's him um but anyway uh yeah what are we about? another another movie um that was uh, fantastic and a little bit slept on in later years was dallas buyers club i mean it was the beginning of matthew mcconaughey's um transformation into being mm. you know a, a an outs- i mean it, that it, and it was Wolf the ape- it was the apex yes of it. yeah i guess because yeah. mud and mud lincoln lawyer out, yeah. he did before that yeah um, yeah, and, and so he did Dallas Buyers Club and The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, um, which he has a Interstellar small, the year after. He has yeah. a small piece in, but is just I mean he's, he's very he's memorable so in that good. one scene in Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Um, and he is great in Dallas Buyers Club. Also, by the way, if we're talking about Wolf of Wall Street, that's the probably the peak of probably DiCaprio's greatest performance ever. I mean, that's oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's a tough call that year between him and McConaughey and uh, mm-hmm. and Chiwetel Ejiofor in Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, yeah. So many great people, and Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, um, he puts in a yeah, an nominated yeah. performance. Yeah. Oh, and Captain Phillips. Oh God, we could just go on forever. Anyways, yeah. Uh, but you get to before midnight because we we have to we we're we're uh, coming up on an hour here. Sure, we sure. gotta. Yeah. Before before midnight is is uh, is my favorite film of the decade, um, and this is uh, by Richard Linklater, who's kind of my favorite director, and. He's. This is the third movie in a series he's made. The first one being in '95 about this couple that meets on a train, and then he did another one in 2004. That was before sunrise. 2004 he made before sunset, where they meet again in Paris, and then this is them in Greece in 2013. It's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, and um, to me these movies are just. Um, I don't know. It's hard talking about like your favorite movies ever, but but they're they're some of the most i mean probably the most amazing screenplays ever written because it's just the whole movie is just dialogue it's just them talking mm. it's just them either making a connection or trying to maintain a connection or being getting closer to one another and then in the third one it becomes about middle age and and sort of midlife life crisis and and um the first one you start to see them arguing and kind of coming apart mm. um i mean there's one of the most amazing knockdown drag out couple arguments you can see in any movie you know like 40 minutes of them in this hotel room where it, it starts as a sex scene and then they get arguing i mean it's like it's just staggering and the whole movie all three of those movies it always they somehow are so it's so profound all the things they talk about in this connection and and um you feel almost like you lived it with them mm. because it's so unbroken in fact the second movie actually is literally unbroken it's just 80 minutes of real time where you follow them um, not on a one take, but you follow them um, with no no religions in time. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess it's maybe it's a little biased of me to say because basically each of these movies has been my favorite each of these previous decades. But um, yeah, Before Midnight is like the culmination of all that. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they're, they're going to continue the series or not. It seems like it might not be. It kind of feels like a nice conclusion for yeah. it. Um, but um, it's just... Uh, an incredible film. I, mean, I hmm. can't recommend it enough. Well, I haven't seen any of them. So. Yeah, Cameron, he's been sleeping on this. <laughs> Five years I've been trying to get Cameron to see yeah, this. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, um, Yeah. so 2014 was a really interesting year um, because uh, it was it was kind of the, the, the year that I started to notice, or I started to be interested more in the, 
the the Oscar race. Um, like it started, it started to sort of. I didn't really care before. Well, um, the, the race in 2014 for the films of 2013. That was the first race where I had seen all of the movies. I remember mm, Dallas mm, Buyers Club. I saw it. I said, yeah. I've seen all nine movies. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, 2014. That was a, a year where I really the numbers jumped up for what I was. Yeah, see. yeah, yeah. You watched 89 films. Uh, oh, that's not exactly. I mean, correct, it's but, not but true, approximately. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so so uh, the standouts for me in that year, um, in 2014, were Whiplash, which was my favorite movie of that year. Great um, movie. Uh, just, I mean, just and nonstop. A, another guy who who's one of the defining, I think, yes, young yes, directors I agree. of the decade. I agree. Damon Chazelle. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does. And to be Do honest, you know what he's doing next? No, what is he doing? He's doing a movie that's about the transition from silent film to sound. It's called Babylon. And apparently, oh. Emma Stone is going to play like a silent film actress, and Brad Pitt is going to play this guy who's like based on John Gilbert. I love it. These, I love the, it. The casting is rumored at this point, but I'm I'm so excited. It's going to be Christmas of two years from now. I love but. when. Um, I, you see, one of the things that I love about Chazelle, and this is so biased of me, mm-hmm. but he makes movies about things that I like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Every one of them, really, right? It, basically every one. Yeah, M- so. Jazz music, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and and the space missions, I guess. And well, I, yeah. American. I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the space race is... Yeah. is For anyone who doesn't know, amazing. Damon Chazelle made First Man and La La Land as well. Yeah. Um, and First Man is another slept-on movie that I think was was totally... Oh, came, definitely. Came definitely. out soft. It was, I mean, most it, em- I, I think maybe the most embarrassing controversy <laughs> of the year. Kazu uh, uh, hated that movie. But, he fell asleep in it. He didn't really see but it. But I, I, the thing is, I, um, I, 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 I absolutely loved it. I, I thought it was like one of the best statements on, on fatherhood and on, you know, like that your duty to, to, you know, not just your work, but your country and your family. Yeah. You know, your work, your children and your country. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so, it was so, I mean, it was powerful. I, 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 it it really hit me. Um, but anyways, that's a different year. Um, (laughs) so, so, uh, 2014, uh, was Oscars nominated three, three of the best movies of the year, uh, unusually, uh, because Birdman is also in there, yes, which yes. I think people think of as just a technical achievement, but I think that's actually no, a it's like a wild movie. ride the whole um, time. Yeah, th- and amazing performances, um, and and of course Boyhood, which would be mm. high on my list of favorite movies of that year. I think second to something else, which I'll talk about. But um, I mean, for Linklater to do Before Midnight and Boyhood back to back, that's got to yeah. be one of the greatest one twos anyone has ever done yeah, because, yeah and also linkley the movies he's made in, in addition to this decade like bernie i didn't talk about from 20 whatever 12 but that's a very good movie and and uh last flag flying as well but boyhood uh, as probably some of you know it's about uh it's a shows a story of a child from six to 18 years old um and shot over 12 years um but i and I think that's another one that was kind of hurt by being a big Oscar contender because people just said, oh, it's just a gimmick, whatever, kind of like Birdman. Um, but to me, even if you took away that gimmick, it to me, it's like beautifully poignant. And I, and I love that, like yeah. his before movies, he focuses on the more mundane aspects of life, you know, just walking, you know, home with your bike or, you know, hanging out with your dad on a weekend or so. It, it's very, very mundane things, but as they accumulate over time, it's incredibly moving. I mean, I find the ending of that movie incredibly moving. See, I, um, I, I sort of dislike the ending. I feel like he, he, t- his character, um, starts to, to, to lose me a bit by the end, to be honest. Um, I, I, 
I don't know. It's it's it. This you is you don't another... have to like a guy like that to to still like the the journey of the movie. Sure, I mean, sure, I, sure, I know yeah. other people. I actually have friends who who dislike how he turns into some this kind of emo kid. But yeah, and um, he's kind of you know I I I it's a it's a it's a very good movie. Um, it's it's definitely. I think Linklater an interesting also, one. It's not one that of, I want to to sit down and watch every day. It you is know? long. <laughs> it's like, it is long and it's, it's like intense. three hours long. But um, I but I think Linklater in many movies has done a good job of making you care about someone who you might not ordinarily like. Even yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'll hit probably a lesser movie this decade. He's made everybody wants some. That's a movie where you go in and all these guys are these jocks, these kind of douchebags, and and you're like, why am I watching these guys? But then you do find them kind of likable by the end of it. I mean, Bernie is about a, a guy who murders an old lady, and he's like the most likable Linklater character ever. I mean, that's a whole other story you can uh, tell yeah, about. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, Boyhood is great. Should I talk per, about my favorite? Oh. Per, uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, oh yeah. Is an, uh, oh yeah. Outstanding oh, performance. I mean, she one of the performances of the decade. In my amazing. Opinion. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Um. um yeah, uh, so I mean, for me, Ex Machina, Fury. Um, oh, Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's sorry. confusing. Um, yeah, so Fury um, is up there for me. Interstellar is up there for me. Oh, definitely. Um, Interstellar. It took me a, co- a few viewings, but now me I'm too, like, me too. I almost think it's a masterpiece now. Yeah, I, think I, I love it. It's one of my favorite Nolan movies. Um, Paddington uh, is wonderful. Um, is that on the cusp of twenty? <laughs> Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> I just stop. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Is is that's fantastic. Good. That's good. I, I I find it odd that's the one Wes Anderson movie he was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but, that is true. But because I like a lot of them more, but it's Gone a very Girl, good movie. spectacular, very good movie. You put Neighbors. You gave four stars to Neighbors. Can, What's wrong with that? Can you explain this to me? Neighbors I've never seen this delightful. movie. Oh, the Neighbors is like one of the funniest movies I've seen in the last ten years. Oh dear. No, it's it's just a very simple setup. Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne move into a house. With their newborn child, and then a frat house moves into next to them, and then they just have a, a series of escalating uh, attacks and pranks on each other, and it's hysterically funny. I mean, I it's delightful. Okay, I if mean, you say so. It's just it's, it's just very straightforward. Ooh, enjoyable. You know, it is not high on my list. But. It follows and Nightcrawler are both fantastic movies. I mean, they're they're really yeah, very good. very good movies. Yeah, um, was, un- underrated in in the in the decade. I feel yeah, like. both of those guys. Those are their first movies, and I, uh, the guy who made it follows. I liked his second movie more, Under the Silver Lake. Mm. Um, Very and then, strange um, movie. Yeah, strange yeah. Movie. Nightcrawler. That guy is really kind of like he, he's made two movies that were not very good after that. So what did he make? Maybe he'll be. Oh, uh, one called uh, Roman Israel with uh, Denzel. That was kind of so-so, and they made a horror film this year called Velvet Buzzsaw. That was just kind of terrible. Mm. Mm. Hopefully, he comes back because Nightcrawler is a really yeah strong movie. Um, anyways, what was your favorite of, of this? Oh, the, this the, my favorite. And that was one of those ones where I saw, you know, like nine o'clock in this tiny theater with two other people is Mommy. Mm. And that's a film that probably most people don't know about. I don't, I don't know what, how it's known in the, you know, civilian world, but, um, what it causes, it's what not, are you indicating? It's not. <laughs> it's not well known. It's a movie. Um, I guess I'm going to start out with just sort of the, the, the what's unusual about the movie. It's shot in a one-by-one one aspect ratio. So the whole thing is a square, um, which is sort of seems like that would be awful or like Instagram. <laughs> but but really, it's about making the characters feel constricted and mm. also makes for an interesting way of shooting close-ups. It makes, you, it makes the film very intimate. Mm. And the film is basically about this um, this woman who is raising a kid who has... Um, 
oh gosh, I, I can't remember exactly what, but he, he sort of, he, he struggles with like, um, these sort of emotional outbursts and these like really like wildly ranging emotions. And then he's sort of semi out of control. He's like probably 16 or something. And it's set in this futuristic world where, um, you can basically give up your kid to the state just of, just of whenever you want to basically like it's a, it's a new thing in Canada that's been introduced. Of course. And, uh, no, it's fictional Cameron. Of course it's, it's the Canadians. (laughs) But, but I mean that, that part of it is just sort of a thing lingering over like, Mm. and, 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 um, lending a poignancy to the fact that this mother is continuing to care for this kid and continuing to, and it's such an amazing movie about a mother-son relationship because it's so volatile, but it's so loving, and it's so um, um, there's so much love they have for each other. It's it is not a it is not a violent relationship. It's just that he is too out of control, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and the performance of the mother, I mean, Andor Val is uh, is the first movie I ever saw her in. Um, might be my favorite performance, uh, maybe of the decade. At least it's tied with Tom Hardy and Locke, which actually we should mm, talk about. Yes, yes. Um, the, uh, which actually came out the same year. Um, that that um, her performance in that movie is like uh, unbelievable. How mm. great she is. Um, so it, it's just an incredibly powerful movie, and 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 done in this very sort of youthful, vibrant style. It's this young guy named Xavier Dolan who made the movie when he was 25, and it was his fifth movie he made. Wow. So this guy, he's made his first movie at 19, and, oh, and he's geez. just been cranking. I think he's on his, like, 10th movie now. Um, he's just amazingly Anything else talented. Nothing notable? else that, that I thought was notable um, as, like, you have to go see it. He's made a, a number of movies with Andor Val. She's kind of his, like, main collaborator. Um but that's definitely his masterpiece, and that would be on my if I'm if I'm thinking my like six to ten on my top ten list. It would definitely be that would be on it. Hmm. Um, it's a great. It was one of those movies where I saw it. I was like, I walked out. I couldn't believe it was no one else was talking about this movie as one of the best of the year. I was like, this is even better than Boyhood, which was sort of I didn't think anyone anyone would top Boyhood that yeah, year. Yeah. But it, I was I was blown away by it, and um, it was I I literally almost went back in the theater and saw it again so of course you never do you know nowadays yeah. but i almost and i wish i did because it, it was impossible to find it buy a blu-ray from canada or something <laughs> like six months later but um yeah go see that's that's movie worth seeing mm. yeah. yeah um yeah you mentioned Locke, which is a i mean it's it's an incredible movie i mean it's so good yeah, what's what's the premise um, of that movie <laughs> it takes place all in one car ride uh from where's he going i can't remember where he's going from uh, it doesn't really matter. It's not but, important. Um, yeah, it's, it's eighty minutes, 80 unbroken minutes, yeah. in real time, going from from you know his work to uh, I I don't want to it'll spoil it. If yeah, it, no, if, no, if, no, if no, he goes to the just the it. fact that he's he is driving someplace in unbroken time and he's dealing with his wife and talking to his kids. Yeah, and and he's he's upending his life in a pretty huge way. Yeah, and, and, and trying to deal with his work at the same time. And it's and all, all these things. And it's it's just like all the stresses you have in your own life. It's like all of this boiled down to yeah. just one guy in a car, and it's Tom Hardy. Uh, doing uh, i think i think probably the best performance of the decade i mean I one of the so. most amazing performances i've ever seen um i mean just incredible and, and i mean he, you wouldn't think it would be they could be have a movie that stressful just a guy <laughs> sitting in a car yeah but it is one of the most stressful i remember i watched it you can hear cosmo making noises because i i remember listening to cosmo watch it. he was watching with headphones on his laptop and every five minutes i hear him go oh oh god <laughs> yeah oh. yeah yeah oh. that's the fe- oh. that's the feeling you get yeah because it's so 
it's insane. I mean, it's an insane movie. Mm-hmm. How, especially how compact and uh, it it's it's basically like um, uh, <laughs> it's it's basically like um, like like a ramen broth <laughs> because it's it's all of the all of the like fats and the collagen uh-huh. and the you know the 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 stuff that you get from from all of these different parts of you know of filmmaking and of mm-hmm. your life you know mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like a really boiled down version of of every of, of just like stress that's like yeah. basically just yeah. Yes, yeah. it, it stress in its purest form. None of the, yeah. the stress is is there's nothing supernatural. When you say when you say it's a crazy movie, nothing is happening that's out of just ordinary life. Yeah, but it's anything. If you're just any human being, you can relate to the things yes. that are going yes. on, and it's exactly. just amazing. Yeah. So, um, 2015 was a really interesting year because it was the year that me and Juzo first met. A great year in <laughs> American history. Um. Yes. Yes, the 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 start of the of the partnership. Yeah. Um yeah, so so 2015 was was very interesting, I feel like. Um because um my favorite movie of of the decade came out in 2015. And um w- one of the reasons it's it's my favorite movie of the decade is I went into it it, totally unassuming. I didn't even. I. I had. I had heard zero about it. I had, had you seen heard the other nothing. No. The series? No. No. Um. Oh, no. I had heard nothing about it. I had heard. Um. I didn't even watch a trailer. I didn't even know what the movie was. To be really? honest. Really. Yeah. And I went wow. in. Me and me and Isaac and JD, who has been on the show, um. We we were basically we were hanging out one day and we were uh-huh. like, oh, do you want to go see a movie? I, I, sure. Why not? Uh-huh. Um. And, and you went to see and we went to see Mad name. Max Fury Road and it blew my mind so hard uh that I never recovered to be honest it it was it's, it was it's it, astound i mean it is one of the most astounding visions yeah of of the entire i've ever seen in any movie I it's mean, just it, about a perfect movie um it's just pure it's amazing because it's just pure action it's just pure yes, yes. Uh, which to some people makes it not interesting but he he takes that just pure kernel of mm. of the simplest plot i mean the most <laughs> mundane and um somehow he makes also the characters very compelling too. Yes. he makes you really yeah. care about them you care about the connection they're making and upon that rest the most incredible action <laughs> spectacle of i mean uh, I maybe some of the original Star Wars movies you could compare it to it, but it, I mean it is on yeah. that level yeah. of just this insane vision of post-apocalyptic uh, craziness, and um, and it's just it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, and edited again, by his wife Margaret Sixel. I mean, it, just the editing <laughs> of that movie is insane, and, and um, it's just outstanding how um, pure. And uh, it's like an adrenaline shot of you know of pure action into your veins. Yeah, <laughs> you know you 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 know from almost moment one, uh, you're treated with with uh, just amazing action, and then you, when you you know it's kind of slows down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then and then it just it takes off, and it's like mm-hmm. a bullet train. It just never stops. Yeah, and and, I, and it's almost it's almost impossible how. Um, <laughs> like full throttle this movie goes yeah um until the very end and and you're like it, it just yeah and the ending it, is emotional too spectacular. i i definitely it took me i i didn't uh take to the movie quite as quickly like, i remember seeing it and saying just thinking like oh this is a really good action movie 
but it was only at a certain point, like towards the end. I feel like it might not have even been until uh, Nux turns the truck at mm, the end mm. uh, that I was like, no, this is like this is like opera. This is yeah. on the level yeah. of something where it's there's poetry to it. Yes. And then I'd see it again, and then oddly. To me, the, the, what made me most appreciate it is when you started to, years later, the clips were online, I would go back and watch just mm. these individual scenes yeah. and see just the, the brilliance and the little details and, and, and the craftsmanship of it. Right. And how um, it's, it's just, and, and it's even like emotional too. Like the ending of the movie is very, it's almost like the end of a Western, you know, where yeah. he, they look at each other and, and he walks. I mean, it's, it's very, um, uh, it's just so epic and, and poetic. Yeah, it's and... like the searchers. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, just an incredible movie. It, it was, it was my favorite of the year, um, and my favorite of the decade. I mean, it just, mm -hmm. I will put that, I could put that movie on, um, literally at any time in any place, and I will just sit down and watch the whole thing because yeah. it's just, yeah, it's spectacular. It's a blast. Um. One of my other favorite movies of the decade was that year. That was Inside Out. Okay, is okay if I? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, because uh, Pixar has been, as we were said, we were having conversation about, has been a little up and down this decade. It's yeah. definitely not the not just unimpeachable masterpiece after masterpiece <laughs> that the previous decade had, but um, Inside Out and Pete Doctor. Pete Doctor is the only guy who has who has maintained his his filmmaking vitality, mm. and hopefully will continue because he has one next year called Soul that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but with with every one of, I mean, he made Monsters Inc. He made Up. And they made the inside out. I mean, that's just like who has a better track I mean, back record to than back, that? Yeah. yeah. And um, to me, Inside Out was just like one of the most creative and audacious movies. And, and in terms of Pixar movies, I, I was sort of, I remember, I think I saw it right after I graduated high school, and that was kind of there's something mm, kind of moving about yeah. that because it's sort of uh, uh, in, its, in its own way, uh, roundabout way, it's a coming of age movie, and. Uh, I felt like I wonder what I would have thought of this as a uh, seeing it as a kid because all these other movies I have this dual feeling of seeing them as an adult, seeing them as a kid. But this one, it was something where I almost feel like it would have been it would just go over your head because it's so hmm. crazy. It feels like it's just made for adults and that you might appreciate the colors and the spectacle of it. But the things that movie's saying, I mean, just that whole scene. There's a whole scene that's about memory where they're down in the with the orbs of memory that are disappearing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's as it's as profound as anything in any movie I've ever seen, uh, and, and and communicated so beautifully and simply in the way that that Up also communicates things, where you could be you know a little kid and understand what's being expressed right. in this, but when you're an adult, it, it just becomes so devastating, and um, uh, and God, I, I mean, I was I was like emotionally destroyed by that movie. The the Bing end bong. of it, the whole uh, Bing Bong, yes, absolutely Bing Bong. But also just the end where where the whole idea of 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 joy and love rushing in to meet sadness mm. and that whole yeah. whole um, scene at the end. I mean, it took me back to like high school when I you know was upset and you know, out in the hallway crying and and this girl who's my friend came up and 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 asked me what was wrong. I said, oh, I'm fine. And she just gave me a hug and went back in. And, and then I came back in and then I, I I apologized to my teacher. I'm like, I'm sorry, I had to step out. And then she gave me a hug too and. Um, it just it just took me back to that sort of feeling and and yeah it's very it's a very affecting movie mm. as you can tell yeah no yeah I agree another I mean a couple standouts of this this year Star Wars The Force Awakens 
um, yeah. which is very good, and I don't want to talk about it right now because it just reminds <laughs> me of The Rise of Skywalker. It um, is great, though. I just revisited it. It's, it's still delightful. Um, the Revenant, which, you know, again, suffers from the same same issue of... Um, Oh, being a big Oscar movie, yeah, and then and then people kind of. I, f- I find that movie dislike. a little bit more in the category of like it is more spectacle and it doesn't it w- it didn't it didn't transcend the gimmicks of it the way Birdman did or the way that F- that Fury Road uh, does, um, but it is a very good. I mean, I movie. still think it's. Um, I mean, it's just not not only is it technically impressive. I mean, it's it's like a really gorgeously made movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the first half is probably the the, the best half. It kind of mm. peters out right. near the end. Uh, but I mean, come on, Tom Hardy—he's like really pulling in some oh yeah some, yeah. some no, fantastic it's, works. It's no, it's it's, it's a very All right, can we call movie. it now? Is Tom Hardy the defining actor of the decade? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In some ways, DiCaprio has been has had a pretty amazing yeah, decade yeah, between Inception, true. Wolf of Wall Street, Django, Django. Shutter Island, yeah. Revenant, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's oh a, my god. Yeah, that's true. But um, um, yeah. Tom so, great. so uh, <laughs> I remember watching Me Earl and the Dying Girl with you. Um, that was, that a, was a fun experience. watch. Although I, I don't really remember a whole that's lot. Another Cosby favorite. Yeah, um, Co- Cameron was very drunk when we watched <laughs> it. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that, but it, we that that's a movie about love of movies and people who are obsessed yeah. with movies. Um, but I don't think you have to be that kind of person to love the movie because my brother no, yeah. isn't a big movie guy and he really loves this that movie he yeah. loves it even more than i do and uh it, it's it's a beautiful sort of coming of age movie yeah with, with a really movie. interesting uh visual style and then yeah anything else from look of silence that actually that pair of movies act of killing i don't want to talk about them too much but these documentaries about the indonesian massacre those are both masterpieces mm-hmm. um that I, I, I neglected to mention act of killing in 2013 but that's a great one yeah, um, yeah. Sicario we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. is is fantastic. Um, you love Bridge of Spies. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, to me, to me, it's interesting. This decade, I was going to talk about this. I wrote this down as a note about mm. older director directors this decade, where you see people who are kind of people who there are people who are who have sort of like lost it, or I don't want to say lost it, but like. Coppola is kind of he's dried out this decade. He didn't really he did like one movie and De Palma is kind of so so. But but there's people who have been steadily working: Clint Eastwood, Woody Allen, Spielberg, Scorsese. Mm. And um, other than Scorsese, I feel like the other three of them have made continue to make quality um, quality movies. But definitely, it's been their weakest decade of their career. Right, right. De- like Spielberg has made the fewest great movies this of the in the teens than he has in any other decade. Yeah. But having said that, he's made some, still made some really good ones. Like well, Lincoln I mean, is he's, very good. To, to be fair. Tintin is great. To be fair to him, he is um, st- at least still around. And a lot of the people from, from his era are, are just not really making movies. Yeah. You know, like, like to Coppola. Make, yeah. Um, yeah. Hasn't made a movie since what? 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Lucas obviously hasn't made a movie since, since 2005. Um, and, uh, and yeah, who else from his, his generation is, is still around other a lot than of Scorsese? Guys, like Bogdanovich and Friedkin don't really do a yeah. lot. A lot of these guys are kind of, it's mainly Spielberg and Scorsese who have really pressed on. I, I, what was I, I think of Eastwood last, and Woody Allen different. He made a movie called Domino that came out this year and it was kind of like, it was, it was, it was actually kind of an interesting movie, but it was, I would call it a failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But Spielberg, is, he's made consistently good movies. I would say every movie he's made this decade, with the exception of The Post, is, <laughs> is, a, is a movie that's good enough that's worth seeing. Even like War Horse. I think War Horse is one of the greatest John Williams scores he's ever written. Mm. Um, so even that alone, as much as the movie's just more of like a solid good movie, yeah. is worth seeing. But Bridge of Spies, to me, I just, it's, I find that movie so rewatchable. And it's it is just the most straightforward great film Spielberg has ever made because there are great movies Spielberg has made, but you don't want to watch them every you know you don't want Schindler's List or ET no, yeah. any day of the week. But Bridge of Spies to me is like his Jackie Brown, hmm. where it's this movie that people sort of sleep on and don't really care about, but it's this quiet, calm, relaxing thing you can just put on with little stress. And it's I mean I Tom Hanks is that movie. I mean. It's- I mean, it's it's slightly stressful. It's stressful, but in a way that's it's very, but it's not warm in a way that's that's dumb or sentimental. It's, right, right. It's warm in this way that's just very humane, and I find it to be a very. It's a movie also just about American values, and, and in a way that's very intelligent, not in a way that's jingoistic or or um, or critical. I, it, it's just it's sort of about a certain time of America and and exploring you know people who. Who in in this time of, of uh, it's Cold War, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, who who give up certain values, right? Um, and and Tom Hanks sticking to them. Um, by the way, Tom Hanks, that's another guy who's had a, a pretty strong decade, decade of, yeah. of, of playing real life figure because because between that <laughs> and uh, Captain Phillips and Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I mean that's a pretty good trilogy. Yeah, Sully is a lesser film, but it's a great performance. Um, but yeah, Bridge of Spies. <laughs> Great movie. I, I actually think it's one of the best Spielberg endings of any movie too. I won't explain, but but it's it's wonderful. So another two that you um, you cannot <laughs> ju- you cannot uh, get enough of are Cretia and Brooklyn. Cretia is the next year. I'll talk about that. Oh, in okay. Never mind. Brooklyn is Brooklyn is one of those movies that I feel like is now getting phased out of the Oscar pool, where no one's going to see it. Movies like that mm, in the yeah, pool because yeah. they're considered just Oscar bait movies. But Brooklyn. Happens to be a really good one. It's it's this one that that uh, made me. Sur- I think probably discover Sir Ronan. I think yes, um, I can attest. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had the poster. Yeah, I love Sir Ronan. I was really in love with Sir Ronan back in the our college days, and um, but mainly because of that movie. Not not uh, not like Lady Bird. It was, it was that movie, and I, th- yeah. I still think that's probably your best movie of like a lead performance. Mm. Um, it's very it's a very straightforward romantic coming of age story but it's just very touching and beautifully yeah. told there's not much more to say about it also um, uh the hateful eight uh should be thrown in there because hateful eight's very it, it's, good it's good i think of under there's some stuff that like there's a, a turkish movie called mustang which is about these these teenage girls who are getting married off all right we gotta we gotta move on <laughs> oh no but i want to like i want to like name great movies that people haven't heard about you know, like that <laughs> breathe mustang you know oh victoria it's a one real one take movie yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it is, that's one of the only that I can think of um, that does it for real? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So 2016 again, um, a, a very interesting year. You know, looking back on all of these, all of these movies, I feel like everybody is giving, uh, you know, been giving a lot of craft to the 2010s. Um, the 2010s have been have been pretty outstanding. Well, when, when you There's look at it amazing... in this way, where we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. ranking I by, guess so, by yeah. quality rather than um, box office. There's never a year where there aren't, you know, at least a dozen great movies. Yeah, um, it's just you sometimes have to dig through them. What are you laughing about? <laughs> well, uh, nobody could hear that, but yeah. it's all right. You should have just jumped on Mike Kazu. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
so 2016 was really interesting. Um, my f- three favorite of that of that year was uh, La La Land, Arrival, um, and I I put in Hell or High Water because I I really right. enjoyed that one. Um, it's kind of just a straightforward neo western. It's very you know it's very that's a solid movie. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's a little bit low key to be honest. Um, sure. but it 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 has an amazing. There's this chase scene that is that is one of the most incredible is that where all and the hilarious. Yes. Get in their car? yes, that was so. And I got a big laugh when we saw it. I remember <laughs> it's amazing and hilarious. It's and, great. And it's just so funny. No, it's very, um, that's a good movie. You know, another another one that uh, is outstanding from from this year um, that we've already mentioned is Moonlight. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked about that a little. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't want to spend that much time on it because um, I think it's a movie that is is definitely worth seeing. I think everybody everybody should see it. Yeah. Um but you have to go into it now with the exalted expectations yes. of a best picture. You have to yes, go in exactly. because it's it's a very, very gentle movie, a very, very yeah. romantic and and soft movie. Mm. Um but if you if you approach it on that term those terms, it, I think it's a very powerful movie. Yeah. And I um and, and and beautifully made I mean beautiful cinematography, the score of the movie um, some of the best performances in any movie that mm-hmm. year or even the decade. Um, yeah, just all around a great yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, um, on the, on the kind of flip side of that, uh, uh, one that is devastating and, uh, heart wrenching is Manchester by the sea. Oh yeah. Um, no, that's, just that's an, a great movie though. Yeah, it is. Uh, with some outstanding performances again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, just heartbreaking. I can't. I, it's another movie where you you just can't. Yeah, Moonlight is interesting because it is devastating, but somehow it's not. It's not like as relentlessly. It doesn't leave you like I. I've watched Moonlight probably five or six times. Manchester by the Sea. I've never watched again. Yeah, because uh, because that's just like like almost too much to take. Um, yeah, though it is great. It's a great movie about grief. Um, um, yeah, La La Land. We, I mean, people know about that. It's great. You know, Damon Chazelle. That's another good back to back with Plus La La Land. Mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. Man. Um, what's the other great? Oh, my favorite film of that. Um, are we, are we just leaving off TV? Because I'm sure I put Horace and Pete. Yeah, you put Louis C.K.'s yeah, masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, probably people don't want to watch that anymore <laughs> because Louis C.K. is kind of like uh, persona no grata now. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's I mean one of my favorite works of any kind of thing this decade, and I think still worth seeing. Um, and 20th Century Women was probably my favorite film that decade yeah. or that year. Um. That's a movie, another movie that you have to go in not thinking about. This is going to be a masterpiece because it's again very. Um, I mean, it's it's even more low key than Moonlight because mm. it's basically just a memory piece where this guy is is recreating. Just I think it just takes place in a year in the life of him as a as a you know I don't know twelve year old thirteen year old kid and his mother and the two women who. Uh, were rooming with them in their in their house, uh, and actually another guy too. But it's sort of about this guy's love letter to the women who raised him, hmm. and it sort of becomes a great movie about. Um, God, it sounds pretentious to say, "Oh, how we remember things," but but it is a movie that sort of it it shows these things with specificity, these very mundane things, kind of like a Linklater movie, yeah. but then it it takes them into this poetic place where he is then they're narrating some characters actually from beyond the grave from the two thousands looking back mm. on the time and sort of seeing where all this, all these people went. And at the end of the movie, you kind of get the summation of, of these people's lives where they all ended up. Yeah. Um, and God, that was, that was one of the most moving 
I, I remember staggering out of that movie like the credits were over and I was still like wiping tears from my it was so it was so moving um and Annette Benning that's another that's another all-timer performance in that movie yeah um we kind of got to blow through these next three years uh sure. which which you know they're the most recent years so may mm. as well uh spend the least amount of time on that oh and Creech is really good but we'll talk about him later yes 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 we will um, yeah, so 2017, I saw so many movies. It was insane. It was the year that I went to Cannes, so, um, I mean, just... Oh, I, crap. What? I, I forgot. Can I, I really do actually want to talk about one in 2016. Okay, yeah, go I'm for so, it. But it's one that, like, no one knows about, yes. and it's something you yes, should see. Yes. It's called Tower. It's a mm, documentary. Yes. It's an, it's a, it's a 2D animated documentary where this guy, he filmed these... It was, it's about a, a mass shooting that happened in the mid-60s, I think, in, um, University of Texas. Yeah. Um, and or a guy got on the clock tower and just started sniping people. And he interviews all these different people who are the survivors of the mm. attack and then has actors reenact them. And he, and then he he filmed it and then rotoscoped it. So it's that kind of animation yeah, that you yeah. see in Waking Life where it's it's sort of 2D animation. And he also he drains the color out of it. So it's a, you, you are basically seeing um, this very surreal um, recreation, which I think is much more tasteful than if you'd, because re- when you recreate something literally, yeah. it kind of seems tasteless and it seems kind of. It reminds me of um, like um, those bad documentaries you watch in in high school where, or or, or like recreate like Lincoln uh, or whatever crime it's like, documentaries or something yeah. like that. You know where it's like it oh, comes off corny, yeah. yeah but this because it's in this such a surreal way, um, you see all these, um, the you see the events sort of as they're mm. remembered. Yeah. And as it comes together, it becomes this movie about these people who were just these ordinary people and sort of how this event brought out these extraordinary qualities in each person. It follows a woman who is a pregnant woman who is shot and was laying out on the courtyard, you know, way out in the open and basically playing dead for hours in the hot sun. And and another guy who uh, who was a cop who who went up the tower, and and another guy who joined the cop who was just a civilian who worked at like a department store who mm. who they basically deputized as they're walking up the tower. Um, I mean, it, it's and and then the way he hands the movie off to the real people is, I mean, it's it's, it's really incredible. And so that's the movie. I think it's on Netflix. It's definitely something that's hmm. worth checking out. All right. Um, Sorry for the interruption. No, no, no. That's another top ten of the decade. For yeah, me, definitely. Um, yeah, so 2017 was a very defining year for me. I went to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. I saw a ton of movies there, um, ones that I won't mention and ones that I uh, that I may mention. Um, <laughs> two that you're not going to mention the Polanski one. <laughs> no, no, that's not worth saying. Um, good. The the two that uh, that really come to mind for me are "You Were Never Really Here" and uh, actually the three um, "You Were Never Really Here," um, "Good Time." And uh, and uh, killing of a sacred deer, um, which killing of a sacred deer and you were never really here came out the Oak- next year. <laughs> what? Oakja. <laughs> Oakja is 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 up there, but it's not like sacred. No, my... sacred deer came out twenty seventeen. Yes, yeah. yes, it did. Uh, you were never really here came out the next year, mm-hmm. but I I consider it in the twenty seventeen for sure. me. You saw it. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. So I mean. Just a spectacular, spectacular year for me. Yeah, um, there's definitely a trend in these move in, in the movies each of us picks. I think because y- you tend to go for movies that are, are you're a little more hard edged and more about like the craftsmanship and the aesthetic. Mm. And because yes. all three yes. of those movies are, um, yeah, all three of those are I consider to be not great but very good movies that are masterfully 
craft. Yes, yes, yes. And, and then the things I'm picking are things I'm not gonna say sentimental, but it's I I think I probably favor emotion more and characters yeah, and that yeah. sort. Of, I don't, I don't think either one is correct. I think both of the movies we're naming are are movies. All of the movies you've mentioned are movies that are worth seeing. But I just think it's I've, it is as, as we list all these movies. I'm, it's interesting to see which we, ones. We I think we have a different. For a different look on just like like i i love to think about the craftsmanship i love to yeah. think about the this maybe this is why and we, it's not like i don't and you don't and you don't look maybe at the this is why either, but. Uh, we disagree so much on the rise of skywalk <laughs> yeah well yeah actually yeah yeah actually it's probably true um yeah so another another one that i think is just just an incredible movie and we we mentioned it uh, earlier but logan i think is um the best superhero the, movie of the, the best superhero movie of the decade, and um, one of the defining um, shifts in the superhero genre, mm-hmm. I think. And I think it'll be looked back on like um, you know, like something like a fistful of dollars. Oh, oh, um, I see. Yeah. You know, I think it'll 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 be looked back on um, in that sort of high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, Blade Runner 2049 is another that w- one that we have to mention. Um, just, I mean, outstanding film. I, 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 yeah, I, maybe the best, the most amazing cinematography it, I've ever I seen. I think, it, it really yeah, in the decade, amazing. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He, he totally deserved the, the Roger Oscar Deacons, for that. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. Dunkirk is another one that, um, it's like blew my me third away. favorite Nolan movie of the decade and that movie, <laughs> it's like my favorite movie of that year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how great Nolan's at it. Yeah. Um, it's a great documentary called The Work. Also, it's worth seeing. It's about um, prison therapy inmates and and civilians doing prison mm. um, group therapy sessions. It's really worth seeing. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, I think amazing. That's a great. I think it's it feels a little like kind of a '90s Tarantino movie in some ways. Yeah, it's very character based uh, yeah. and and very um, extreme, but also very humane. Yeah. Um, darkest both, hour, yeah. Gar- darkest hour, spectacular, uh, great, uh, amazing. Gary Oldman Oscar. performance, and yes, beautiful, yes. beautiful movie. I mean, like, like the 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 look of that movie is just like spectacular. Um, like you remember, like in the parliament, uh, there's just like the yeah, just streams the first shot of light flies and down, and people oh, are amazing. It's yeah, so good. It's one of those movies where it gets thrown in the category with other Oscar bait, like but like it's, Brooklyn. It's really spectacular, but it's actually. Instead of these, that's another thing we could talk about is, is the the bi- bland no, we biopics. Can't we oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I just mean like there's been so many bland you know, imitation game theory of everything. Oh, all these God. movies that are kind of just made to win Oscars, right. and this one maybe it was, but it's it, the the craftsmanship the guy brought to it is on another yeah. level. Yes, yes, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I anything? I, would... I mean, there's so many in this year. I can't. We can't even list them all. I, I would um, throw in a ghost story and heal the living as things that are kind of um underrated maybe people haven't seen yeah and uh, and the return of twin peaks that's another thing that's pretty notable because yeah. the first david lynch thing and in, in like what 13 years and mm. and it's mm. one of the best things he ever did and i don't know if you could watch it having not seen twin peaks yeah apparently mike stoclaza has but um yeah great um yeah so so i i also love all the money in the world i think it's underrated i think it's uh, yeah, yeah it is it's a very good movie. it's a chris christopher Plummer's probably best performance aside from knives out maybe i mean he both of God, those he's movies great he's, and everything but so yeah, good yeah um besides uh national treasure <laughs> Oh my God! He's a, he's a national treasure. He's a grandfather. Oh my God! Um, We're gonna do another hour on national <laughs> treasure. <laughs> um, so here's what I want to do now. Um, we're at one thirty-five. Yeah, just about. And we've talked about the best movies last year on an earlier podcast, we have. so we're good on that. And what I want to do now is we're gonna break 
this episode into two. Um, and we're going to talk about the best movies of 2019. How do you feel about that? Is that all right? Can you do that? Yeah. Uh, can you yeah. stick around for that? I can stick around. Yeah, I've got, yeah. Definitely. Because I think there's a lot to say about this year in movies. Awesome. Um, and... Um, well, and, and, you know, this'll just be a two week run of me and Juzo. How does that sound? <laughs> Your listenership is going down as well, we speak. <laughs> well, one of the things was, um, we, uh, we, we so we, we weren't going to record an episode for, for the week of Christmas and New Year's. Um, and so why not just fill it with, with this? We'll hear my voice on Christmas. May, may as well. What a horrifying I mean, thought. Come on. Let's do it. Okay, so so we're gonna save 2019 for next week. Okay, um, and uh, w- I think there's gonna be a really interesting discussion. There's, it, there's a lot to talk about. Are there any closing year. things we want to talk about? Just the decade. Just the decade. Uh, I mean, what a what a fantastic decade. Because there's there's a lot of things. Uh, this is a coming of age decade. Uh, yeah, for us as well. I think I talked about know? the directors who I think are really great. We kind of covered that as we went. I mean, we could talk about the social media bubble of things, but that's just so unpleasant. I mean, it's basically just, it's I just want to leave on a high note. And um, to me, to me, a weird thing about movies is like, I've been feeling recently is, is they've been expressing a lot of, of uh, (laughs) despair and about, (laughs) about the world and about, uh, about maybe it's just me. I don't know. But, but I feel like there's, if there's anything that, that unifies all the recent movies, great movies, Mm. is that they're about, even like Widows, which is a genre movie, that movie is a lot about grief and about overcoming it. And, um, I don't know. There's not really one thing you can link all these movies to, but it's sort of interesting to see what, where there's definitely a lot of things about paranoia with technology and, and, you know, the coming of artificial intelligence, like her and Ex Machina movies Mm. like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else you can think of that sort of is is a. I would say defines the decade. Here, here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Horror films, actually. Yeah, yeah. A resurgence of, of horror, horror films. Hereditary. Films. We didn't even mention. Yeah. I mean, it's 2018, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. But um, Peel, Aster. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell, all those. Robert Eggers, all those guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great work. Lily um, Uh Well, she did one good movie, but um, but a very good movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, the one thing that I will say is. Um, it's interesting that, uh, this decade, I feel like while we're in it right now, this decade will, you know, kind of goes down as, as a not very good one. Uh, you know, like, like I think generally people have the idea that, you know, oh, all that comes out is, you know, sequels and, and, and superhero movies and, you know, and, and that's true to an extent, but I, I, I really do believe that there's, there's some outstanding movies and, Uh, and look and look folks. Okay, if you're not searching up the movies, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not doing the research, yeah, you you can't say <laughs> that th- that you, it's been you have bad. To seek them out. I, an easy one to do, I always, I think for just uh, if you're if you're don't you don't have the time to follow stuff. Metacritic best critic, it, it aggregates all the critics' top ten lists because a lot of critics are morons. But yeah, if you aggregate everything, you do get a sense of you look at what's this year. You know, mm-hmm. you get you get a sense of what what maybe you haven't seen, but you should go see. Yeah. Um, so, folks, go see more movies. Yeah. Don't just see superhero movies, okay? Yeah. Or Star Wars movies. Keep, especially you can keep seeing those; one. they're fun. I I enjoy them myself. But but go but support your your small tiny movies. A diversity well. of, of or not even just the small films, tiny movies. A lot of the ones that we talked about were like huge blockbusters. You know? Yeah. 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 Like Matt, my favorite of the decade was Mad Max: Fury Road. Yeah. Which is just like. I mean, I guess it did take like ten years to make, but yeah, um, you know, it was an in- insane action movie. Yeah, um, 
you know, the Mission Impossible movies, they had a oh, resurgence yeah. this Mission Impossible Fallout this this decade, you know? Yeah. I mean Yeah. Literally so everyone better than the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um yeah. So anyways, that's all I'll say. Uh tune in next week um <laughs> to hear our discussion about the top the top movies of this year. All right. <laughs> Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan-funded by listeners like you. And we wanted to shout out our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show at the highest level. If you want to support Everything Comes From Something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast, where you can give a couple bucks our way and get access to our exclusive monthly podcast that is released at the end of the month on the platform through an RSS feed. If you don't have a few dollars... Again, tell a friend, tell some family about the podcast. That is how a show like this grows, and you can give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you next week.